dose, which is five dried grams. to Interverse. My name is Chance, and this is episode 22 in season two of the podcast. Today, I am talking to the most frequent guest this show has had so far, and that will probably continue to be a trend, my great friend, Chris Abert. And if you didn't know, Chris recently actually started his own podcast, so I'm going to be linking to that. It's called Dream Nexus. I've probably already talked about it. On, I know I've already talked about it on the show. Go check it out. I intend to go check out some of these episodes myself. I'm very interested to see who he's brought on. I know that any conversation I've ever had with him wasn't just super intriguing, and it didn't just pull out my deeper thoughts and feelings on things, but it actually tends to be therapeutic too. (laughs) I always get great insights from talking to Chris. If there's one chief thing that I learned from talking to him in this conversation that I really think is worth getting across to everybody and emphasizing was his uh, idea of just call a friend every now and then. Just give a friend a call and ask him how they're doing. You never know where that conversation is going to lead. I actually had a kind of awesome synchronicity just from putting this principle into practice a little bit. I've only been doing it for a couple of days. So the idea is I'm just going to do it every day whenever I'm driving somewhere at one point, just call a friend once a day. If they don't pick up, maybe try another one. Maybe don't worry about it. But yeah, you shouldn't really talk on cell phones while driving, but I'm going to do it. (laughs) So anyway, okay. So the synchronicity I was about to tell you about, I was going to call my friend Brian and I've been planning on it all day. I haven't seen him in months. And instead of actually remembering to call him, I wound up seeing him walking down the parking lot near where he works, but kind of far from there. Like I said, I haven't seen him for months. Today's the day I'm, or yesterday's the day I'm thinking, hey, I'm going to call him up because of this idea Chris gave me. And then boom, I actually run into him before I even get the chance to call him. So it's pretty cool what can happen. Um, Whenever you just put positive thoughts out there towards other people, it tends to create synchronicity. So, you know, I don't know what to take from that other than Life is good. Cool shit happens. I'm really full. I had an awesome dinner. (laughs) That's maybe unnecessary information, but maybe not. Me and Chris talked a lot about um, health and and especially food in this conversation. So I can say, even though I had a gigantic dinner, as much as I could literally stuff into myself, it will only take a few more minutes before I'm hungry again and feeling very energized and awake. And then not long after that, I will crash completely, pass the fuck out, and it'll be a great sleep because um, Haley put me through a pretty difficult workout regimen. And by difficult, like for her, it was nothing, but I was doing high knees and lunges and shit. So yeah, 
life's good. And I hope life's good for you guys. I'll go ahead and get to on to this here episode with Chris Abert. But I wanted to remind everyone if somehow you might be interested in stuff like video episodes, early access to episodes before they're out, um, my artwork in an exclusive feed, or some bonus episodes that aren't even going to be released to the general public. If you're interested in any of that stuff, you can go to patreon.com forward slash interverse. There's a lot more rewards than just that going on. All you got to do is subscribe, pledge some money to the show. And it really matters that you do this because there's no other way that this show gets any support other than through Patreon. 100% listener supported. So I really, really appreciate everyone that's already doing this. I cannot express how much I appreciate it enough, actually. And I know more of you will be jumping on here in the future, getting on Patreon. Check out the links in the episode notes for more information about some of the things we talk about, especially some of the things Chris is involved with. Like, um, I don't know if Lionheart Wellness has a link I can give you. I haven't checked yet. But if it does, I will link it. And check that for Patreon as well. You can find a link to Patreon in the episode notes. Go ahead and go there. Just pledge $1. Are you really going to miss $1 a month? Probably not. It would mean a lot. It would help the show get bigger, expand, find a way to do that. The main way it's going to grow, though, is if you tell people about it, especially because I quit Facebook. So that's kind of hurting my uh, reach as far as announcing episodes. But whatever, I'll, it'll get better. There's some really cool guests coming up. And I think uh, when I talk to more accomplished artists, that will probably cause the show's audience to grow a little bit. But that's not really what matters. It's quality over quantity. And you guys are the best audience that I could ever ask for. I have an audience of conscious, creative, super amazing human beings, many of which are artists. And it's an absolute pleasure to interact with any one of you that please hit me up on Steemit or Minds or uh, shoot me an email, interverse.podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, the best way to interact, though, again, is through Patreon. So $1 a month gives you access to a lot of that stuff. Okay, so that's it. That's my spiel about the old Patreon. Really do hope you check it out. And enjoy this episode with Chris Abert. Oh, I got to tell you all the music that's in the episode. So the song at the beginning was by Suhan. It's a remix of White Rabbit by Jefferson, Air Jefferson Airplane. Super crazy. And then what you're hearing right now is Phony Alphania, a new track called Brave. Really excited that I discovered this artist on SoundCloud. Amazingly unique compositions. And so another artist I'm really excited I discovered on SoundCloud is Beta Future. And there's a crazy fuck the police drum and bass mashup that I'm going to play at the end of the episode. So it's worth sticking around to the end and hearing that because it's crazy. Okay. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Onto the show. And I wish you wholeness and balanced vibrations.
everybody. Welcome back to the show. Favorite guest of many people, I'm sure, Chris Abert. Hey, hey, what's, what's up? up, man? Good to see you again. Good yeah. <laughs> yeah. How's life treating you, sir? Dude, excellent. It's been, it's been really great since the last time I saw you. Yeah. So since Chris was last on the show, he has gone and started his own program. Tell everybody about that. Yeah, so I was on your show. It was we were talking about how to get out of the matrix back then. So I like, yeah, decided at least for me that was going to be starting a show, starting my own show. And that was like starting to at least yeah, move forward on becoming more sovereign myself. Uh, it was something that I felt I just needed to manifest into this into this world. It was just something that needed to come through me and. It has like created a lot of awesome synchronicities for me so far. And it's been, I don't know, it's been awesome, man. It's been really awesome. I've had three guests on so far, you included. And uh, yeah, it's been awesome. <laughs> just kidding. You have some epic uh, episode lengths too. Like you really go deep with your guests. Yeah, these were, these were like, I wasn't expecting for the first few episodes to be like, three and four hours long. We went pretty deep, but like we got into some pretty, pretty deep topics. And I was excited to get that kind of right off the gate. That was great. I have to be completely honest. I have not gotten to check out <laughs> the body of work yet. Sure. I got scared by the the length, but I really oh, know I shouldn't. Uh, Cause you know, with any podcast, you don't, no one's like forcing you to actually finish it. That's the beauty of mm -hmm. having a long one is you can just keep going, going deeper, or you can, stop and move on when you're ready. But I imagine I would get sucked completely into, uh, <laughs> to your program, especially if you go into dreams, like you and I kicked off our episode doing, cause yeah. that shit is people's interpretation of their own dreams is always a really interesting thing. If they're willing to reveal it and share it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's fascinating. I, I love it. Both, both my other guests, we got into their dreams as well. It just kind of, just something that just kind of comes up each time and just, a, it just, a, at some point I at least try to make a point of talking about it, you know, but it's just, um, whenever it's weird, whenever people see people start talking about what motivates them and what just like fuels their will, a lot of times it's dreams, it's like actual dreams they had, or it's, you know, a dream, like, you know, I want to do this or whatever, but a lot of times those are influenced or inspired by something that was either based off a dream or a vision or just like a, one of those weird like kind of zen moments where like some some stuff in life really clicks and you're like oh, i should do, i really need to do that you know like it's just exactly what i need to do there's there's no real re rhyme or reason to it but it just happens so um i've had some trouble connecting to my dreams like i've told you late uh lately kind of since moving to the place where i live now but every now and then i will have one and the other night i actually had an interesting one this relates back to, to saying that that, that dick thing I said where I was like, I haven't even listened to your show yet. Well, the reason for that is because I've been sort of on just a complete bender with researching the dark occult and esoteric secret societies and things like that. Um, so just trying to really get a grasp on, you know, the mechanics of reality and who's doing what and where they came from and why they think what they think. And it's a, it's a lot. And yeah, so I kind of just spend all my free time every second that I can cramming in episodes of Mark Passio's what on earth is happening or reading feverishly since quitting Facebook. What I've been doing is reading a lot more. I've noticed mm -hmm. a lot more so I can get into that later possibly, but 
and ask you if you've been reading anything. But on the subject of reading, the dream I just had two nights ago, I, in the dream, I, um, what first of all, I'll start with waking up. I woke up with the sensation that I had just come into my room and laid down and then gotten back up. But after organizing my consciousness, I realized, no, in my dream, I came in and laid down and then I woke up from bed. So it was one of those things where you go lay back down on your body, right? So immediately it was like, okay, what was I doing right before that? Cause it felt like I had just been doing something physically, not dreaming. It felt like I'd just been physically doing something and I was racking my brain. Okay. I was over by the bookshelf. I was looking at a book and it was this black book that's had a title like black magic or death magic or something kind of sinister in the title. And the, the author was Lucifer Luciferius or something Lucifer related, a double name. And uh, anyway, it was just like a really vivid astral experience that felt super real. And is an interesting direct reflection of what my waking life had been like. So I'm wondering if my spirit isn't going to the libraries of the Akashic records during my dreams to continue my research and my studies because my waking consciousness has been so um, obsessive over it. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, for sure. Dude. I had... Yeah, I've, I've had, I've had a lot of kind of experiences like that. It's like, you're like really, you're stuck on something here. Like you're really working hard on something here. And it's like a whole other part of yourself goes even deeper into it, into the dream. And, uh, no, yeah, I, I definitely feel you do this. And especially, I think you were, you were talking with Jeff on your bonus episode about that a little bit, weren't you? Yeah. I already told yeah. that story once. Sorry guys. I had to tell Chris cause he's yeah, the dream of guy. <laughs> sure. Of course. Of course. Well, that's awesome. That's, that's what, kind of what you were talking about earlier. It's kind of an entomology of the name. That's also kind of part of like what you're trying to bring to it. It's like, you know, you're there at the bookshelf, like you're actually like opening it. It's the way you're perceiving it as knowledge. You know what I mean? It's not something that's necessarily going to, going to hurt you. And, and you it know, wasn't scary in the dream either. And in fact, no. like, and I'm fully aware that the name Lucifer actually etymologically means the bringer of light. Right. So whatever contents of that book I was looking at, and by the way, it didn't look like some old tome. It looked like a pretty new paperback book with like modern typeface and like a glossy cover. So yeah. um, whatever it was, it just seemed like it was the up-to-date info on, on that subject of, you know, which sorcery reminds, essentially. Which, which reminds me, I don't know if you remember, um, in the in seventh talk about in the Keymaker series about his interpretation of what Lucifer was about the Lilith. Do you remember, do you remember anything about that at all? Go for it. Yeah, it was about like how he was tracing the like back that Lucifer was Eve. That like, do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do like, remember that now. Yeah, it's just, and then it's just like the it's kind of like the whole the whole spectrum of evil is still, it's kind of like, it's like day and night, you know what I mean? It's like, good evening. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily that it's bad or good. It's just, it's a spectrum. And it's kind of what about, yeah, about, about polarity. It's not necessarily one or the other. It's one and then not the other. It's yeah. It's not necessarily so dual. So. I think in the Gnostic tradition, the, the wisdom goddess Sophia was said to have created both the demiurgic principle and the higher consciousness principles, like the, you know, both sides of the spectrum of a force that's acting on us, either pushing us down or pulling us up. 
So I, <laughs> I've been very interested to find out in my reading about how much the goddess actually exists in many indigenous cultures around the world. And in fact, maybe the tribal incarnations of goddess worship were actually descended from a unified source like Atlantis, I guess you could call it. Mm. But that's one other subject. I'll link to the book I've been reading that's on on the topic. It's called The Secret Teachings of All the Ages by Manly P. Hall. And he goes through the different schools of philosophy and secret societies and religious uh, cults and sects throughout the ancient world, how they all connect and what they all believed. Mm. And some of their secret teachings too is uh, the most interesting part because, you know, you might hear about some ancient tribe or religion and you might hear the surface level of what they believe, but he's gone in and pulled out the deeper knowledge and done a lot of research. It's a crazy book. It's like a hundred years old too. The book is, but it reads really, really well. I highly recommend it. So anyway, (laughs) what have you been reading lately? Have you been lucky enough to, because I was not getting much reading done for like a couple of years there and I'm finally back on the wagon. Yeah. Um, I started reading a little bit of the book that you had read at the beginning of your last, your last episode, not the bonus episode, but the one I think, well, I think it might've been your bonus one, wasn't it? The, the book is it, you're talking about freedom and no, no, I just read that before the, uh, elderberry episode. Yeah, okay, you're right. Yeah, you're right. So I think I read a couple chapters or at least the first chapter of that. Yeah, no, it was because the first chapter was really short. I read further into it than that. That's the only one I've gotten to read recently and just really skimming a few other things. But man, I, I've been so busy with business and like working and I haven't really had a whole lot of extra time to, to read. And I've been trying to build up my, you know, build up my social media and build my website and stuff for my podcast and everything. I found out with Wix, I can actually host multiple websites. And then like, um, cause like I've got one for my farming business and then I just went ahead and made one for my podcast. It's at least a free one that I can put up so I can link stuff. And then I have to pay like 15 bucks a month or something like that. to have it, have its own, yeah, have its own, um, domain. So I'm going to get on that pretty soon. I was just kind of been, been messing with that and putting a lot of kind of bigger pieces of what I'm trying to do together. So I've been, Really yeah, if anyone out there is looking to start the podcast hustle, you basically are, you know, if you're actually going to do it, you basically wind up in a constant cycle of spending 10, 15, 30 minutes here or there working on updating this, editing that, mm-hmm. putting this together. It's li- yep. literally like whatever free time exists, you yep. have to dedicate to it pretty much. Mm-hmm. I don't notice that like, with like even just like making the artwork for like the album or for the you know, the show picture or whatever, like I, you know, I did yours to spend some time on that one, but like some of the other ones, just putting those up and like making sure you, you make time to do that. That's 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there, like you're saying. So like, yeah, I'm getting used to it, adding that into what I'm already doing and it's been fun. <laughs> what I'd recommend to anybody is if like they are that busy, but you'd want to fit in reading books or creating digital art or something, experiment with what you can do on your phone. Because I make, I make all the episode cover art for these shows. If you ever look at them on SoundCloud or on social media, I make all those on my phone pretty much 95% of the time. And that's all doable with either very inexpensive apps or free ones. And anyone interested in like what I use, my process, let me know. I can link that kind of stuff because it's really fun. And 
you can read on your phone too. So all these little five minutes here, 10 minutes in a car, mm-hmm. five minutes waiting in line, taking a shit. <laughs> if you, if you, it might seem like you can't really read in that time and actually focus on what you're reading and maybe everyone's different, but I find that if I am actually just picking it up and reading a little bit here and there, as often as I can, even in tiny chunks, it builds up a momentum force behind my understanding and my motivation to continue reading it. I get interested in it. My mind stays with it and processes what I read in between chunks of time and um, makes it less likely that like a distraction wants to even come in and be engaged because I've got so much momentum doing something that's edifying, you know, and self edification, man, that's what the podcast game reveals the importance of, I think, because you get in these conversations where you hear yourself talking, you're like, geez, why won't I shut up and let Chris talk? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. We're on your show now. So you can, you can make yourself ramble and not ramble when you want to now as well. (laughs) Yeah, I really, I don't care if you ramble on my show, honestly, I, I just want people to like, just, you know, not like obviously just, well, I don't know. I don't know. Just go. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> my show, at least for now, I just kind of, um, I've just let it flow so far and it's just, it's worked out. So, but I feel so we, we brought up the elderberry episode a minute ago and I'm talking to you a little bit about this, but do you have any kind of plans going on with unify that involve either growing elderberry or, uh, any other, you know, any other news going on with networking with fellow farmers or figuring out what other steps the company might take? Yeah. So, um, we do, we do plan on growing all that stuff. Um, and elderberries, SE berries, like really we want to grow like a lot of the more rare berries to find around here. It's a little bit further along in our process. We're focusing more on our aquaponics greenhouses and stuff with, uh, with our basil and lettuce and all that. That's like where our main focus is and we're doing permaculture at the same time. Uh, actually, I just met with a business partner today and uh, just kind of talking about where, you know, everything is right now in terms of like how big stuff is. Like I've got basil that's pretty much ready to go. Um, next couple of weeks, we'll start selling stuff. And um, just... I don't know. It's just really, it's going to start happening. I mean, we've been, you know, selling in farmers markets or like, um, health food markets. Yeah. We'll, we'll sell to like old time. Um, and they'll help us distribute it. Um, we'll, we'll use like third party services like that. Um, and then farmers markets as well. We have like a whole line of farmers markets markets that we can hit up around there. So if someone listening wanted to just grow things in their backyard and make extra money, they could literally find a distributor pretty easily and supply that distributor and just prove that they are not using certain harmful chemicals or practices and boom, you could make some extra cash in your backyard. Is that correct? It depends on how much, on how much I guess you grow. You have, you have to have a, a reliable supply, right? right? Like right. year one of gardening, you're not going to get that figured out. But if you have some space, I, Highly recommend just giving it a shot. Like even start with something small, grow some zucchini. They're easy. Mm-hmm. I had my first garden ever last year and, um, it was not that impressive. Sure. But I did eat some things out of it and mm-hmm. it got me really excited for preparing this year. Like today I planned out my greater 
um, organization for how all my started plants that are indoors are going to get arranged outdoors and the beds I've been working on and tilling and, you know, set, just getting set up everything ready for this beautiful spring that's occurring. And I have all kinds of stuff. I'm already eating uh, asparagus out of my garden. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Nice. And that, that alone too, like, it's really important. Like even just getting, getting inspired about a little garden in your backyard and getting connected, just even if it's not like you eat that food every single night, but like, you know, of most nights, you know, including something from your garden like that, it makes you more connected to that whole process. And that, just that, that layer of like, like responsibility for yourself, you know? Yeah, it's important. Self-responsibility. That is a big aspect of why it's important to do stuff like gardening because I've talked about this before. It represents a reconnection of awareness between the self and the source of at least one thing, which is your sustenance, your food. Because whenever you're eating things out of a box and it's all super processed, of course you don't know the source of that. And that's what's making you because you know, you are what you eat. That's what's sustaining you and keeping you alive. So, um, that level of ignorance is symbolically permeated through the rest of your experience. <clears throat> like I can, I can honestly say, say the longer I've gone eating like a healthy organic diet where I have a better idea of where it came from, the more open to receiving knowledge, and truth and wisdom I've become and yeah. more into alignment when natural law, my life has gone. And so that, I can dude, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say that right there is really the whole reason I got into this business is because, and I think I've said this in your show before, like a lot of this information and this like level of understanding of some, some parts of the universe and just this stuff, like, if you're not taking good care of yourself, it's like, you can't even process it. So like you might be able to, but like, you're not going to get all of it and not saying that like it, you're completely insulated from it, but it really, it does make a difference. It makes a huge difference, especially because a lot of this information is experienced. It's not something that you can always just like read or somebody can always tell no, you. No, no, that's a really good point. And food yeah. is information. Yeah. So when you're taking in food, the energetic signature of that food will reflect in your reality as direct experience. Right. And that's hard to put into a one-to-one -one exact description, but I can just, I can just say on an overall level, speaking generally, when I ate food that was more fear containing food, fried meats from terrible factory farm situations and, you know, sketchy cheeses of all types from any place that would have cheese period. I would always get the cheese and a lot of it. Right. So I, I was more afraid in general of everything all the time when I ate that way. Mm -hmm. And so things that would happen that would make me afraid would happen more often. Therefore, because things in general made me more afraid. I don't know how to describe it. It's just a complete, <laughs> it's a complete one-to-one, -one, um, ratio you can chart it on a graph yep. you eat fear containing containing food you will have more fear in your life so everyone has the choice of course but like if you're not if you're not at least thinking about that you're just creating 
situations where you're going to be ignorant and afraid more and more. I don't know. I'm sorry for all that preachiness yeah. right there. <laughs> get, in, get into it more, man. Like, let's talk about like what that is about, about afraid. Cause there's fear is a, I've been learning yeah. a, a little bit. Like, like, like these, a lot of these emotions are, they're very dynamic. So it's fear of what, like, what are you afraid of? So it's a lot of times like, cause I experienced this, I experienced the same thing because when I would eat the foods, I would experience like a dump of my energy and I would just notice I would have more anxiety, a more like a fear of like a fear of like, uh, it's like, a, it's like, a, it's like an unknown fear. It's like, a, it's like this, this feeling of fear. I definitely know. What like, if it's like you, you have a little bit of anxiety towards other people, right? Just in social situations, you're more likely to be unassertive and, um, you know, insecure is a, insecure is what it would come across as for me. And so of course, to answer your first question, what is it the fear of? Well, ultimately it's the fear of death, which in itself isn't a lie perpetuated to us by culture to control us and to make us believe in authority. But that's so what is, what is that animal subject? So that's the next thing. The so animal is afraid of the human human. Yeah. So yes, so, afraid of death. Cause it's, doesn't really know what death, you know what I mean? So well, it's afraid of the suffering that's being inflicted on it by the human though. Right. So would that mean that that's why we have more anxiety towards our fellow humans because we're absorbing that fear of humanity from humanity? <laughs> it's just a crazy fear feedback loop. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> it's a powerful dissonance and it just it is a fact that anybody with eyes to see if they withheld the con the conditions of a slaughterhouse they would not think that that was right. Like I was walking through a garden that's at the park near where I live today. And they have like an actual food garden there. That's really nice and huge. And I was walking through that and I had the thought how I feel right here, surrounded by all these food producing plants is so light and amazing and high. It made me feel high being in that spot. I mean, just period. That's, a, that's what it made me feel like. And I compared that to mentally trying to project how I would feel if I was at a slaughterhouse where they produce the, the meat style of food. <laughs> and it was crazy. I was like, that's it. That's the answer. Like, of course that food contains fear. If I was there, I would feel that terrible feeling of death in the air. And here I feel life. So it just was reaffirming to, to my food choices, I guess. And my desire to, to cultivate that life for myself in my own backyard, which is super fun. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it seems like, cause I, I remember if I said this on one of your shows or somebody else's about one of my friends had said how like animals are like her, uh, like her family, but vegetables, vegetables are like her, her friends. So I'm like, so it's okay. It's like you want to eat your, your family, but you're like your friends. <laughs> But in a way, it's like vegetables kind of, it's almost like they, it's almost like they want to be eaten, like fruits even. It's like they, that's how they propagate themselves. It's like they're carried on by other things that eat it. Like they help move it and rough up the soil and do so many things for it. It's I have five acorn squash that came from dinner the other night that are now sproutlings that are going to make more acorn squash and butternut squash too. Uh, and spaghetti squash all like they literally came from i went to the health food market got 
some organic vegetables, ate them, took the seeds out and planted those seeds. And now I have five more of the one thing that I ate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so like, duh, <laughs> of course that's better than yeah. growing a, a cow for three, two or three years. And <laughs> all the food all you have to it. give it, like, yeah, right, right. <laughs> to get a little bit of meat. That's terrible for you anyway. Yeah. It's hilarious. I'm sorry, anyone that's a meat eater that's listening. We're just bashing you, but um, the definition, the, the like oldest definition of the word idiot is someone that doesn't know the self. And if you don't know that all is self, and you're inflicting fear and suffering on yourself by energetically engaging with that particular system, then it is a form of idiocy or self-ignorance. And now to caveat that there's a lot of ways where I'm connected to idiocy in my life. Still, that's just one way that I'm not anymore, thankfully. But you know, like I still drive a car that's fueled by the blood of our planet. So that's not good. And (laughs) like I could, I could name plenty more things. I still produce a small mountain of trash per year as an individual. That's not good. I could go on. (laughs) There's a lot that needs to change a lot. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) How dare you breathe? (laughs) Right. I just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fired up about the changes though. I want to start making them more and more. Me too, man. But you can only really do one at a time, it seems. One or two at a time. You can't really make all those. You can make those leaps, but it ends up being very destructive if you do it the wrong way. You have to plan the leaps. Yes. Yes. No, I definitely feel you there. That's that's kind of somewhere I've been to. Like, I've had a lot of different, like, bigger. Like, I want to do a lot of different things with my life. And so, like, trying to figure out how to incorporate them together so that either I can actually accomplish them or find some way to relate them. And I'm seeing that like, you know, more and more that if I, if I really do take, take that time to plan things out, I can actually, I can actually make things happen faster than I thought before. And that like that, that, def- that definition of where that kind of chaotic state is, I'm kind of, expanding that a little bit to see what I can actually handle, um, and kind of push myself. Um, and cause like there's different aspects of what I want to do with the farming with like, you know, I want to get a wellness center going and I want to, you know, just, I don't know. I want to do a lot of things, a lot of things I'm going to talk more about, but, um, you have to talk about them first. I know. Exactly. exactly. Speak the universe into exactly. existence. That's right. That's right. Um, well, one of which them, is why you would want to be a podcaster maybe <laughs> exactly and that's actually something I realized man is that this this show I've, I've been trying here's what it is I've been trying to find a way to make it flow and one way I realized how to do that was my show it was actually I can really use it to help kind of make sense of the things that I think about and believe and I'm also doing in a way that is useful and effective and so like, you know, the, f- the first few episodes I had so far, like, you know, I got Gary and Peter on and after getting to know them, being friends with them, like they're from the secret energy crew and everything. And like, you know, they're doing their Lionheart wellness business. Um, and you know, I've been wanting to do a wellness center here and getting like getting, and not just one, but just really just 
make it a thing here. And uh, they're like, well, you know, it sounds like our vision and like your vision is pretty much exactly the same. Why don't we just join forces? And so I was like, that actually sounds like a great idea because it's kind of like we were even like on one of seven's episodes, like we were, me and him were talking about this and I'm like, Oh, this is like positive time travel. Like this is somebody who's already going in like to a lot of the information that I had that's coming from the same place, same place of motivation from the same heart, from the same, like keeping this, keeping the connection of source of mind and trying to do the work. And like, okay, so he's coming at it from the end with the wellness center already. He's got the products linked up. He's got, he's got investors in that. And like, there's already a lot of energy behind that. And then if we link up together, if I link up what I've got with Unified farms and with my show and like, you know, there's, endless things I think we could really do. And like, I've got, you know, moon tribe here in St. Louis and like, there's, you know, so many amazing, amazingly talented healers and like just awesome people that I think would really be able to benefit from that. And I think would be interested in it. So I don't know. It's just, I'm just kind of expanding, you know, cause I was thinking maybe, you know, hang on. Maybe I'd get the farming and stuff going, and then a few years, and then get the wellness stuff. But like, I can actually use it together to kind of like help each each business benefit itself. I can I can do it all at the same time, and I can use the show to do it <laughs> more or less. Not necessarily the pure the pure focus of the show is to do that, but um, I feel like a lot of the guests that I have on that I've already want to have on are already people that I want to at least involved in some of the things that I'm doing or, or are involved with the community that I'm already just networked in. So I don't know. It's just, it's like you have an overflowing of that, like divine feminine creation energy in a cup in one hand and it's overflowing in this cup in the other hand yeah. and you're pouring them into yeah. each other and cycling it into each other. Yeah. It's kind of like what you're, what, what Jeff, Jeff on your show was saying about how, so he's like kind of standing in between two worlds. Oh, the hanged man. The hanged man. <laughs> so what I'm what I'm getting used to now is getting comfortable with that. Is getting comfortable with being able to to stand in both those worlds to be able to like, you know, I've got. Uh, I can't quite see. It. It's really really bright. Yeah, yeah. I've pulled that card too. The same on the on the card deck. I pulled that actually when I first started getting into this business and all this stuff. It was kind of like that's where I was with everything. Yet, but that was like my card. I even I even did some artwork on it, you know, like from one of my college projects because that's kind of where I was with things. So that was I've been I've been so I've been going through that for a little while and. Uh, the, and then I kind of realized after, uh, this is crazy. I don't know if you got to see the video, um, I made after I did a meditation, med- meditation, meditation with the moon tribe, uh, where they had Victor Farwell is this, uh, brilliant shaman and like just, uh, visionary and like, um, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Um, he just literally do feel like a guided meditation, visionary experience. Um, and it was one of the first times in like a meditation like that where I had had a really a very vivid experience, like such a, such a vivid experience. It was like, um, comparable, like to like a, like a psychedelic level experience. And, um, it like connected so many of my different, uh, experience, like psychedelic and non psychedelic experiences together. And like, it made a lot of things click about just the, the, the size of the realm and like what it looks like, what it feels like, what I've been doing with my body and my spirit, my inner child. And after it, 
uh, he, he had told me, um, I had, I had this Colombian Moldavite and, uh, I had told him, you know, I asked him if he, if he would hold space for my friend, uh, uh, Luis Alexandro, uh, Diaz and his, his shaman had, uh, his, like his family had, some of his family members had gotten killed in a mudslide. It was pretty devastating mudslide in Colombia. So I was asking to hold space. And so he held his hand over my hand like that. We sat there for a minute. And then he said, I want to tell you something that I'm reading a message from source. He said that uh, it's from, she says, she's one of your angels or she's your, your guardian angel. And she said that you, um, you know, you have the ability of second sight, which is, which you have the ability to see in both worlds, but you're scared because you've had, like really vivid experiences or really kind of traumatically vivid experiences and that like it's going to be okay and that you're going to be able to do both and like that just to just keep working with just, just keep doing you know what i mean just keep staying with what i'm doing um and it's going to come um and that was kind of like in the meditation, it was kind of like, that was what was one of the themes. It was like, it was coming in and out, but it was just like so intense. And I was releasing so much like of the trauma I had had in my body from those experiences. I didn't even realize I was storing, but like that actually that trauma was a lot of the engines that like when I'm in the dream space or when I'm in certain meditations that actually will start to turn everything off. It will be like when it gets to that heightened state, it'll be that party that goes, oh, I don't feel like this. And you're like, yeah, it's just, Oh, I know you're talking about for me. It's like, I start feeling the Kundalini rise and then I meet them like, shut it down, turn it off. Yeah. Stop. I don't know why it just happens. Like yeah. this internal opposition force immediately rises up. Yep. I mean, that's what fear is. It's the internal force of opposition. Mm-hmm. So it teaches, so. teaches you where you need to grow for sure. But it, it, I really realized like how much of it I was storing um, and a lot of it was just, was just actually what accumulated was to doubt in my own, um, my own abilities and belief in myself because of seeking like validation from other people in my life that literally could not possibly understand what I was going through. So like, it actually was just this loop that I was seeing myself stuck in that was keeping me from progressing. I realized it like, I was just holding that in my body and I got to let that go. And I was like, Oh shit okay so um when i did that it like maybe helped help me drop a lot of weight and just a lot of doubt and that just gave me a lot of energy and faith in myself and i don't know it's been pretty peachy since then it's been like it's kind of kind of a pendulum a little bit but like ultimately i feel i'm feeling a lot more um faith and confidence in myself that when i set an intention to do something that it'll happen um and maybe not be exactly exactly when but but it that it's in some capacities that as long as i'm i'm checking myself and i'm doing right uh that it'll happen and so far like things have worked out um since then so if you know. know that you can trust yourself to act out your own will you know to actually do the things that you think and say mm-hmm. all right then all you actually really have to do is set intentions. If you are in that like tri unity of the self where those three things, no matter what are all aligned with your own source, your own bridge to create to creation, 
I guess. Uh, yeah, there's really nothing else to do that, than set the intentions and watch the movie. <laughs> but right. as soon as you do think you're controlling it anyway, that does tend to bring in the fear because you start, because you'll start to have that big, um, energetic climactic moment occur, you know, that peak experience coming on. Sometimes it comes out of nowhere. Sometimes you'll just be hanging out at home at night and all of a sudden you feel it rising and you're just like, mm -hmm. Oh fuck. And you get scared of it and then it stops happening as often because yeah. you like push it away and you push yeah. it away. So it's like internal Tai Chi against yourself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's crazy because um, it's going to happen when and how it's going to happen. So this idea of, Oh, here it comes. I got to make it stop, make it stop. That that's perpetuating the illusion that you're even the one making it start. Like in, in a sense you are, but not this lowercase you, uh, not this lowercase S self that is scared of it. That's not the one that's making it happen. So it should just get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like how you were talking about earlier. You were doing like the um, kind of writing sessions where you're kind of like acting like a mirror for yourself, like another part of yourself. And you, like you just kind of explained it as like another, it's kind of like your higher self or just another version uh, that you can mirror with like that. That's just, um, it's just another aspect of you, you know, that just because you don't fully understand it doesn't mean it like it doesn't still operate and make decisions actively in your, in your subconscious conscious mind. Yeah. It, it feels like it totally represents what my lower consciousness mind is intending. So um, when I reflect in that way and just do the automatic writing, it's, it never, even though I'm not the one consciously choosing the words I'm writing, it doesn't really feel like I'm talking to an other either. So it's, uh, it's, that's, it's, it's other, but not, it's in that exact middle spot. It's, right. That's what, and it's probably just some sort of form of contemplation, I would say, which is a uh, contemplation I've learned through listening to the really, really, really good teacher, Mark Passio. It's the balance between meditation and concentration is contemplation. And it's actually kind of the lost state of consciousness that, is destroyed in childhood or culture tries to destroy it because it's basically the wellspring of pure imagination because it's the type of imagination that you don't try to have that just comes up spontaneously and whisks you away within it. It's the daydream. Mm -hmm. So any left brain, right brain balanced, um, fully active neocortex, uh, brain, uh, is going to be able to just slip into that mode instantaneously and will slip into that mode spontaneously. And I remember whenever I was a kid having such vivid daydream experiences that would shatter any kind of crazy mystical experience, like what I've had that would be similar to what you just described, you know, with that meditation ceremony, because you know, I've had things like that happen in meditation where I literally have a full on psychedelic experience. There's, fucking raccoons on stilts and everything. But <laughs> when I was a kid, that was the norm. I was all the time. Right, right, I would just be right. sitting there with my mouth hanging open, seeing Sonic the Hedgehog running alongside the vehicle as we drove down the highway. And I'd be like, wow, look at him. You know? <laughs> right, right. I was literally seeing both worlds at the same time. And yeah. it's so strange that that just, um, I had had no comprehension of what that was, yeah. nor did I care but now that I am on the other side of it, where that's not my normal 
conscious experience, I do kind of understand it. It's ironic because it's like, fuck, I wish I hadn't lost that. That could be handy. Cause then I might yeah. I'd be a hell of a lot better artist if I had that full tapped in yeah. ability to just see dragons everywhere any, any time. and that's that's a huge thing man that's honestly that's kind of like what i went in on that meditation was a part of myself that i lost which is that part of that inner child dude and like it's it's weird it's like at least when i experienced it it was like um because it was really vivid it was like my inner child had literally it was like fractured or like it was fractalized into other parts of myself that were like like, like hiding in different corners, the fractals of yourself, if that makes sense. And like, I had to like pull it in and just like show it so much love because by like the things you do to push it away or like, the, like those moments, those moments where like, you're like, ah, fuck, stop daydreaming. Or like, where you're like, you know, you hurt yourself like that. Or like you, like you judge yourself, like you cut it out. Like it's not important or anything like that. Literally, and then it's in those moments of unconsciousness that you yeah. don't even remember it happened. Yeah, and then it hides. Yeah, exactly. And then wow, I need to contemplate on this. Then when you feel it, you feel it go. (laughs) It's like it's like it's like holy shit! Like I did not realize it was in that much pain. It just sitting there the whole time, and it just it just because it's literally part of like what is also creating your whole reality because it's it is you. It's like part of your program, but it's like it's so tuned into like the self. And I don't know if this is just. I don't know. This is just my experience. It just feels like it's so cl- much closer to the, to the actual self or the source that it like it understands. So it's like it's in so much pain, but it's also part of like it's like the subconscious mind. It's like the unknown. It's like the child playing in in the like in the in the magic or the magic and the magician in. Or, it's the it, soul. Yeah, it's the exactly. soul. It's, it's the like zero the card in the tarot. Yeah, dude. It's, it's the like fool. This, yeah exactly because it's it's the thing that can like play in the garden basically it's the thing that comes into incarnation with basically nothing yeah it's so pure always, it's always in you that's what makes you it's what it feels like that's actually what knew how to carve you out of phi and make you here it's like that was like it's a, it's an innate knowledge like the, the, it's like the subconscious of the universe and it's like every time you go against that it's like it's all the things and then like your life starts fucking up every time you're out of balance. I feel like it's, that's the thing you're going against is that inner child, that inner like thing that already came here knowing what you needed to be. And like, not like the things that you're doing are necessarily not what you need to be. Cause like, like I've talked before is like, what, what is really out of harmony? Nothing's really out of harmony. It's about relationship, but like you can be out of harmony with your relationship with that thing for what that means to you. It's, well, it, my inner child thinks he's supposed to be Spider-Man. So like, yeah. clearly I've got to deprogram some of that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, how much, how much mind control was coming in at that stage of like a pure open imagination. That's what's so crazy is that first seven years, you're completely sponging every little thing around you. And mm-hmm. what I remember about the nineties was that, <clears throat> looking back on it now, what I know about the nineties, I should say is that was like the height of MK ultra, you know, that was like the strongest, you know, we didn't have the internet yet starting to free ourselves the way that whenever we came of age, you and I could actually, you know, access the knowledge. I mean, yeah, knowledge was accessible back then, but not to us as children. We're literally like exposed to a TV everywhere we went and convinced that, fast food was the shit because there were cartoon toys like I knew to varying degrees for each person, but man, like what's the answer, Chris, how do you go through and untangle all those knots? Because, um, just pure meditation isn't doing it for me. 
I will say, and I, cause I meditate regularly. I'm trying to go back into the mode of contemplation because I think that might be where it lies. Cause I think when I have any big experiences, when I'm meditating is when I kind of slip into that brainwave pattern where I'm all of a sudden imagining things spontaneously. Do you think that could help if I just sort of shifted my meditation practice from breath focus uh, to more complete open contemplation? It's 11-11, so that seems like maybe the answer yeah. would be yes. Go for it. <laughs> you know what I'm right, dude. Yeah. That's part of it. It's like, that's part of it, dude. Get into it. Get into trying it. Get into working with it. Because that's what I found is like, how, how it started coming out more on me is like, it's part of like the whole thing with the dreaming. Like if you start recording the dreams in the dream journal, like that is you engaging with that whole process. Like that, that's another side of what you are. That's like the whole, that's what I'm trying to say is like that inner child. Like that is the thing that like, when you go to sleep at night, that's what takes over everything, the entire reality. It like, it knows what it is. <laughs> like, it's just like part of like kind of incarnating here. It seems like it's really, it's just that in that transition, it's like, I don't know. Are you familiar with the myth of Persephone in Greek mythology? Boy, that sounds really familiar. So it's a, it's allegory for what we're talking about right now with the uncorking of the inner child, true source consciousness during sleep. Um, there's a story of, okay. So there was this beautiful harvest goddess named Persephone, she's like a springtime, springtime goddess. And Hades, the Lord of the underworld was really wanting to tap that and couldn't handle himself. So he had to kidnap her and steal her away to the underworld. And it made the world so sad that all the flowers died and all the plants and blooms were just basically withering away and the world was getting cold. And Demeter, who is a guard, god and, um, goddess of like harvest and uh, also a springtime related goddess, but more related to, I think, harvest specifically in the fall. Anyway, she goes into the underworld to uh, bargain for Persephone's life. And anyway, long story short, the agreement gets struck that only half of the time Persephone would be allowed to be in the world and the other half of the time she'd have to be in the underworld. And what that goddess is, is symbolic for also that inner child connection to source, because when you are like completely uncorked in, uh, in the dream world, you are literally embodying the, um, both the fool and the magician at the same right. time. That's the zero and the one at the same time. That's kind of what I'm saying about walking in both worlds. And that's what I'm feeling like lately is that like literally like that's, that's what to like to resolve that. That's what you have to do to resolve that. Like that other side of what it wants to show you that you literally have to bring it here. And that's part of this whole, like that's what it is. (laughs) It's what you are is literally what you are is like part of that space here but it's like inside of you but like it it's the same. you're really just the bridge between the two right. things honestly it's, that's exactly it is you are the conduit but like it you are it, like it, it you're 
you're, you're, you're both sides of it and you get right. to decide w how it balanced between the sides of it. You are. Right. right. And that's why everything you see in the world exists on this left, right binary. And everybody is either, um, is seemingly polarized to one part of a spectrum or another everywhere you go, because they are basically, um, a zero or a one at all times. <laughs> and the real, I guess, alchemist knows that it's always both. It's never one or the other. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where it gets into even like, I've started to notice that part of this is, um, it actually comes out in, in the people around you. Like that oh, yeah. part of, part of it is like, it's it, when you're, like waking up it like it seems like literally it's upgrading everybody that's around you it's like the conversation like the the more of the cosmic drama just seeps to seep into your conversations with people and like not that you the other person necessarily acknowledges it but you're just like oh like there's something else that's kind of like um man this is <laughs> Uh, it's like, the more that you do, the more that you bring your dreaming self into your waking reality, the more synchromistic things become and therefore yeah, dreamlike yeah. things become. Yeah. And also like just the way that people come in and out. And then also just even like, for example, like when I start waking up about stuff and like, it seems like I'll like come into some knowledge or information about something. This is just something interesting. Like, um, my friend that gave me my Reiki attunements, like whenever, like me and a few other people, like whenever there's kind of a wave that's going through, we all seem to experience it similar at the same time or around yeah. the same time. Like, and podcasting like, lets you actually witness that too. Yeah. Cause you'll see it with uh, people that you're talking with like me and Jeff were having that last night, realizing how many strange, not last night, the other night. Uh, last night I have like podcasting brains in my mind. Uh, <laughs> in my mind, I just recorded that conversation last night. No, it's been several days. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've totally experienced that the, the wave of similar experiences or symbolically similar experiences yeah. that will pass through. Uh, and you know, if what we are, uh, you know, are just these vortexes of consciousness that exist on the medium of the mind of the universe, mm -hmm. then as a big vibration passes through a region, then the other self-contained units or monads that are in that, okay, so hold on, defining monad. Monad meaning the singular point of consciousness in the ocean of consciousness, the drop in the ocean, right? You are that drop, um, <clears throat> the irreducible. That's the monad. And when a wave, of energy goes crashing through this ocean of consciousness, then of course all the other monads that are comprising the same region of the continuum that you are going to have a very similar experience of that energy, just from whatever perspective they're seeing it from. So it'll be from a different point. So it's something different, but yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah. And you could call that like your, even your, like your bio rhythm, like in your city or like your close friend group or whatever. And it's weird too. It's like some of us like will come into realization too. And it seems like it creates ripples as well. Like I've noticed ripples. Like when some, somebody's coming up into some energy or information, it seems like it hits a few people at once too. It's not even so much like a wave comes through. It's just like somebody will get something and it might seem like a wave even. And then it's just like, like because that person got some energy, these other people kind of got it, but like it didn't affect these other people. But it's because this person like 
they like learned something or they inspired a few people and then it like did this thing, you know what I mean? Like it's just, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. You'll find, um, I find strange connections all the time between groups uh, as well. Like I ended up meeting somebody that you're a mutual acquaintance with not very long ago. Uh, the musician, Patrick. Yeah. That's so, dude, you know what? That's so crazy. Okay. I have to tell What's you his this. last name. Marithi. Okay. I have, cool. to tell you, I have to tell you a story. Great. So I met him, I met him at my first peyote. Okay. Um, and I, I just absolutely fell in love with his music after that. And, uh, basically like just like so much of just this journey of this past year for me with all that stuff, it's just been about this whole self-exploration, self-understanding and acceptance and like ultimately putting that back into action and like creating, you know, like, I don't know like, exactly how to, how to define it, but it's, I've just been going through a very large transmutation process within my own being. And a lot of that has been to do like has has kind of happened through I mean, you've kind of seen it through your shows a little bit and just like come come I don't know this has been like coming into podcasting and all of that like this has been my journey to it's like this is what I've been trying to get to you know and so like that was a huge part of last year and like that whole network and like just getting just really like getting inspired from your shows like that built up so much energy for me. And then, um, honestly like that night, uh, I had, what was I had talked to that earlier that day. Okay. I talked to one of my friends, uh, Jonathan, who I'll, I'll probably have on my show soon too. Um, because I remembered something that Patrick told me actually he had said on stage one time, he had said, you know, it's really important sometimes to just to call a friend, even if you only got five minutes, whatever, or you think you're busy or different things, just call them and say, hi, say, see how they are. Just spend a couple minutes with the phone, on the phone with them. Just do it and just see what happens. Just cause you never know. You never know where they might be at or what that might make them, whatever. So I had remembered that one day and I had remembered to call one of my friends. I just had thought of that and I was on the road for work and I just like, well, I'm just, I'm just going to call him. I haven't talked to him in like a couple months. So I call him and find out he's ended up, you know, he's really turning his life around. And he's also come up with like this system for international banking and stuff. And he's just like, he's just doing awesome shit. And it was just great to reconnect with him again, you know, and like, I'll probably have him on soon. And like, so like there's that. And then, so I, that same day called Patrick and was like, I left him a message and was like, Hey, I just want to let you know, I really, I remember what you said and, and like, it meant a lot. I just want to let you know, you know, I ended up reconnecting with somebody and it ended up being really cool. I just want to let you know that because you said that it was a big deal, you know? And, um, and so he didn't, he called me back because he couldn't really hear the message. And then we ended up talking for a while. And then, uh, and then I was going to go do something else for the rest of the night. And, uh, it was like later at night, it was like 10 or something at night. And then he was out, I guess, wherever playing music or is it a potluck? He was going to a potluck. And I guess you just happened to be at the same potluck randomly. And so he, he had, we had just got off the phone and so he calls me again, like 15 minutes later and you guys, 
had left a message. I didn't hear it because I was doing something and I was maybe going to check it in the morning or something. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to listen to it. And it ended up being you and like you and Haley are on there too. And like, you're like, when's that episode coming? I was like, man, like that's all so synchronistic. <laughs> and so I just, I was like, fuck it. I'm releasing it tonight. Let's just do that. And so I did. And then, so I, I made, yeah, I released, released your episode that night. That's cool too, because there's one more link in the synchronicity chain, which is how I would say to me, it's a huge impact to get the beginning of that story and think about just how true that sentiment is like that you can really make a difference for yourself or connect um, deeper with a friend in even just a few minutes. And it's really valuable to do that. I'll be honest. I've been a shit friend and it's because of podcasting. (laughs) Um, I've made a lot of good friends while podcasting, but I have put almost no attention into seeing people that are my friends or, um, connecting with them other than when it's convenient because they're just already there. And I'm really going to need to change that. I think that it's hurting me energetically. And even if, because I'm so busy, all I can really do is give people a call. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure just doing that is going to lead to like, Oh, Hey, you want to see each other tomorrow? Right. You know but what I mean? That's the fear, but that's part of it. That's the fear of it is thinking it will, but like it may, but at the end of the day, like it, just to hear that person's voice to know that they're still alive. Sure. It like, it, it does make a big difference. And I'm dude, I'm so guilty of it. Just as bad. Like, you know, pretty much once I started getting into my business and stuff and doing that, like I've very rarely hung out with any of my friends and like they all understand, but like, you know, it's annoying. And like, I have had friends that I just don't really hear from at all anymore because of that. And that's something I need to work on. And hopefully when, you know, my business is, is flowing and I'm not having to work just so much all day and night, you know, uh, Part of what made me pull away from social situations though, was that every goddamn gathering involved booze and like, it's just, it's not the end of the world for me to be around people that are drinking. Don't particularly like being around people that are drunk, but the, I don't know, just the, the energy of that would always be really uncomfortable for me. Um, like for the last year, and yeah, I experienced the same thing. Yeah. So it's just been hard. Like it, it doesn't even matter who they are. Almost everybody drinks. It's almost everybody. It's kind of insane. And yeah, I know that there are plenty of friends that I've got that were going to be like, Chase, I don't drink. Let's hang out. So even if you do drink, I'm not saying I won't hang out with you. Um, I think that I just use that as an excuse to be like, I can't be in that situation. So I'm just going to stop hanging out with people at all. And, um, you know, that's just, like I said, that's just an excuse to allow myself to, uh, lack kindness and compassion. And the one thing that has become really clear to me lately is that what matters most, what energizes the entire frequency that we exist in right now is the principle of care. What do you truly care about? True care. That comes from the heart. That's why the planet's mostly expressing itself in green. That's why the earth metaphysically, um, alchemically, Kabbalistically represents the heart chakra. We are here to cultivate that. 
it's the generative principle itself. And um, friends are a really, really big component of that. You, yeah. It would be hard to care about turning um, this polluted world back into the Garden of Eden if it was just you, even if you had the powers of Superman. So I think that's why we work in this um, perception of limitation together so that we can all teach each other our true value, which is infinite, infinite value. That's the value of you, the human being. Yeah. Anything that tells you otherwise is a lie, a tool of culture or authority trying to control you. That's it. You're, you have infinite value. <laughs> and so that means that your worth, like what you care about is what the universe cares about essentially. So, um, I don't know. I know the darkest points of my life was when I didn't care about much, didn't care about anything. Uh, apathy is probably somehow linked to heart disease. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you there. Man. I've been through bouts of that myself for sure. For sure. That's kind of like what even, um, what Nathan's talked about on his show about like, that's what the real Satanism is. It's just ignoring things. It's just, it's just it is. pathetic to it and just letting it just fall apart and not give a fuck. Yeah, that's yeah. Because Satan is the force of opposition. I mean, it, literally, that word means opposer. That it's that thing we're talking about. That whenever the energy starts to want to rise and just naturally grow and express itself within internally, you go stop, shut it down, no dancing, no partying. Dad wouldn't like that. You know, <laughs> what is that? Uh, come on. Right. Not. Uh, I saw somebody at the gym that had a shirt that said, "Not today, Satan." <laughs> I want that shirt. That sounds like a that'd be a dope shirt. I think that would be a good interverse shirt. It'd say "Not today, Satan" on the back, and then on the front it'd just be "Interverse." I, I need to get shirts figured out. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. No, I was thinking about it. it'd be cool to have a mug. I need a coffee mug that says "Dream Nexus" on it. Yeah. Well, we can manufacture these things. <laughs> we live in America. And we have the internet. All right, Chris, I'm going to get off of this call and in the conversation because I got to go to the hypercube tomorrow and yeah, sell my too. soul and my attention for the almighty doll hair. Unfortunately. Good. Yeah. Good. Let's but change hey, that. But let's say hey, that's what, that's why we're doing what we're doing is because we are trying to change that and try to find like, you know, we're trying to find people that are, they're doing it, you know? So, um, you know, yeah, so I guess this episode, you're, this is kind of like you really talking about Dream Nexus for the first time on your podcast is like an official, it's a thing now. So yeah, what else do you want to plug while we're here? Um, well, yeah, it was the, the Lionheart Wellness guys that I was talking about earlier, joined up, joined up with them. Um, you can check out lionhearthealingcenter.com. Um, yeah, I'll really just do another episode about a lot of the, getting into a lot of the, the details of that stuff. Um, but pretty yeah, much, I didn't, I didn't ask you enough questions about yeah, that. <laughs> pretty much, you know, I'm just, I'm wanting to get a wellness center going here in the St. Louis area, uh, really more than one. And they're, they're, you know, they're in there in Connecticut and Pete's there in Chicago. So trying to, you know, be able to expand this in multiple places. Um, so it'll be interesting stuff coming out of there, but you yeah, definitely check out their website. And, uh, we just did a first episode we're calling 
the lion's den where it's pretty much just tonight was just me, RJ and, um, and Gary just going in pretty much just talking about our day, what's going on with us, what some of the plans are for us and, um, just kind of introducing things. And, uh, we, we were wanting to do regular shows of having, you know, having like a guest on, like, like I have the three of us or a couple of us have a show we're trying to at least do weekly shows and a guest on, we'd like to have, you know, some bigger hitters in there. Um, and kind of really make an interesting show out of it. Once they get their brick and mortar up there, they've got investors and stuff there in Connecticut. So they're just sort of making like HD videos in there. And so I'm really stoked about that. Really stoked to be working with those guys um, and developing that part of my business. So check that out. Um, other than that, that's pretty much what I've been doing. So Cool, man. Yeah. And we'll link to Dream Nexus, which is what people should definitely check yeah. out if they want to hear more of Chris's awesome perspectives. Okay. Well, thanks for being on the show. I yeah. would love to have gone another hour cause you're, we're going to have to have you on sooner than, uh, <laughs> than how long it's been since the last time. Anyway, yeah. thanks for coming on, man. Much love, yeah. buddy. Thank you.